Let's face it, running a construction company can be chaotic. As business owners, we wear a lot of hats and we're constantly putting out fires. Luckily, there's a way to work simpler with Build a Trend. I'm a huge advocate for using technology to help run AFT, and Build a Trend is one of the most crucial tools I rely on to keep me on top of every detail. Built just for home builders and remodelers, this is an easy-to-use platform that helps manage all aspects of my business. My team's been using Build-A-Trend's project management platform for the last five years, and we love that they're always improving and adding new features to make our lives easier. This is something that we've really tried to take on internally to find ways to improve our system every day. Build-A-Trend just released a full set of financial services, added new tools like Takeoff to make estimates more accurate, and launched a total rebrand with a new mission to help change the future of construction, and we are on board. To learn more about how Build-A-Trend can help calm the chaos in your construction business, visit buildatrend.com backslash AFT. When you schedule a demo, you'll receive an exclusive 60-day money-back guarantee only available to my podcast listeners. I'm following Build-A-Trend into the future in construction. Come on board with us. We really figure out like, hey, this is what your secret sauce is. And again, everybody had that secret sauce. And then I'm going to give you the confidence to say, I need you to take that secret sauce and share it with the world because the world needs more people that are willing to step out and do the thing that is uncomfortable. And it's being willing to run towards that thing that scares you. And once you can overcome that, then nothing can stop you. Welcome to the podcast today, Corey. Glad to have you. Oh, thank you so much, man. It's been uh, really exciting to prepare for this because I've been such a fan of the podcast. So I'm excited to be on with you. Well, I'm excited to have you on. So this is Corey Charles. He's founder, CEO of Superhero Mindset. Awesome dude, as we know. <laughs> and um, I had a lot of fun too pre uh, preparing for this, just being open. I mean, uh, I think your story's really unique, Corey. We'll get into that later in the conversation. Of course, I want to ask you some questions about, you know, why it started. And I think you have a really interesting journey, but Maybe to kick off for those listening, uh, maybe break down a little bit the uh, superhero mindset. Yeah, so it came from this idea. So I, I always tell people I grew up in the sales world, um, and, and you know this, obviously. I came from auto, and I spent a lot of time in home building, but I'm not your typical salesperson. I was not the one that people looked at and said, oh, that's going to be a sales guy. That's the one right there. Uh, before the flashy suits and all that fun stuff, uh, <laughs> I was just a really shy, quiet kid. Um, but I know that with the right training and the right um, attention, any single person can be an expert in their field. Mine happened to be sales and eventually sales training, but just having the right people around me and also really understanding what my purpose is and understanding exactly how I can live within that um, and ignite those superpowers that we all have, hence the name, hence the background. We really live it here. So really understanding what those superpowers are is really, really an important thing that I don't think a lot of people get to experience and get to live within those abilities that we all have. You know, I have two sons and my youngest, he's the one where you look at him, you go, okay, that's a sales guy. I get it. He, he's, <laughs> he's had it since he came out. He was just ready to talk to everybody. And my oldest is the opposite of that. So understanding that, hey, what are your unique gifts and how do we bring that to the light? Whatever, whatever field you decide to go in, how do we make sure that you're the best version of you within that field? That's kind of where the superhero mindset was born is, you know, the superhero runs into danger uh, because they know that's the responsibility and what they're uh, what they're called to do. Uh, how do we harness that same kind of energy in our everyday lives? It's an interesting concept. the The reason I want to point this out, you mentioned just your own kids are a good example. You mentioned, you know, one's probably going to be really good at sales, one not so much. As as you've been in sales for your entire life, that's really the core of any company, any business. You have to have a good understanding of sales and, you know, customer acquisition, what that's going to cost, how to retain customers. Right? There's all the different metrics there. But as you look at the individual, and maybe you could speak to your experience, Corey, you said training and attention. Those are two things you brought up in the conversation now. And you mentioned kind of finding that inner superhero because the reality is all of us have different talents and communication skills and abilities and whatever they may be. So do you feel that anyone could be a good salesperson? I mean, at the core? I, I totally believe that. Uh, I've had some flack for, for that over the years, but I'm a living example of that exact thing. You know, again, I, I remember I can tell you that the moment I talked to my first customer, I was working at CarMax, great place. But I was, I remember standing there at what we call the point where you're waiting for the customer to come in and my hands were sweating buckets, Brad. I mean, <laughs> I didn't even want to shake hands because I was so nervous and shaking in my boots. To now fast forward that, you know, I'm a sales trainer, I'm a coach, and and to feel so comfortable being able to do these things, absolutely, anybody can learn this. It's, again, just understanding for me, the shy, quiet kid, 
it's his ability to learn and really get the person that he's in front of and really understand and have that empathy. That was my personal superpower. Now, the question is for every single person I'm in front of, and I've trained former teachers and former athletes and, and people from all walks of life that become amazing salespeople because they really understand this is my natural gift that I have. How do I turn that up to 11, as I say, and really apply that to what I'm doing every single day. And that's when you're going to have people that are just, just really moving through what they decide to do. And it becomes really, really easy and something you don't have to think about. It's interesting to me, you know, with your own example mm -hmm. there that, you know, that first experience from being, nervous sweaty and that's not just maybe the humidity of being in florida or something right it's <laughs> a little more than that <laughs> yeah a little more than that related to probably the sales process which we can all understand I, I i can even you know relate to that when you think about going to maybe your first networking event as a business owner and you're standing in a room with a lot of people and you know at a mixer and you're like i don't know anyone here and <laughs> you know it's really hard to go up and just start talking to people but i i think what's interesting is you you spoke about confidence and training um you know, there's some correlations there with public speaking as well, where if you know the material, if you know the product, if you have good training, I'd imagine that instills some sort of confidence that then allows some skill set and superpowers to essentially shine through. Oh yeah, for sure. For me, that was, that was where I lived. I lived in product knowledge. I lived in really understanding the process more than having that, um, that gift of gab that you always hear about. That was never me, but I really understood, you know, whether it was selling cars or selling houses, I really understood the product on a, on a really deep level. And I understood how that was going to improve the person's life that was standing in front of me. And that was where my strength was. And then I was able to figure out, okay, here's, here's what I can do. Here's what I can bring to the table. That's a little bit different from the next person. And once you can put those two things together, it's really, really hard to not find yourself in a place where you can at least guide any person through the process. It doesn't mean you're going to sell every person. I never make that false claim that, Hey, here's the, the method to selling every person. I don't think that's true, but Here's the method to making sure that we can take every conversation as far as it can naturally go. And that's where you're going to find unbelievable success, success if you can take those conversations all the way to the end of the natural life uh, and, and get to a place of resolution, whether good or bad, right? The, the conversation taking it to the end of the journey is interesting because, as you mentioned, there's probably an element to for you when you're like, okay, there's product knowledge. I have a good understanding of the product. I have a good understanding of uh, the systems in place. And so I can you know, be more refined in my sales process, but the communications part, because there is an element to sales of finding similar commonalities, right. With someone that you're selling to, if you can relate to them and it could be all items of life, right. That we're dealing with, maybe it's sports, maybe it's politics, maybe it's, you know, family, whatever it may be, there's different, you know, different things you probably have in common with certain people. How important is that aspect to really get to know the customer, research or, or quickly be on the spot, being able to have a conversation outside of maybe just the product itself. I think, you know, and such a great, great question, a great point. Um, I had an amazing trainer when I first started in new home sales, Ryan Taft, most people know him. He's, he's an, a phenomenal person. And he always talked about just being insanely curious and really just wanting to know. Uh, and that's something that if you ask my mom, I've had that gift. <laughs> that's a gift that I've had since I was at least two of just always asking why and wanting to know more and asking those questions. If you can apply that to what we do, especially in the sales world, um, but really in, in anything, because I think everybody's in sales, if you ask me, but if you can apply that, that same sort of, Hey, I just want to understand more and really just be a real person. I, I think you can gets confused because I've come across a lot of salespeople that think they have to have the best gimmick or have to have that, that magic line of, you know, Hey, you know, here, what's my, what's my go through, go to phrase when it's really hot outside. And it's okay. Well, they've heard that before. A great example. I used to think I was the first person that said to a cashier when the, when the, whenever the item didn't ring up correctly, that, Hey, it must be free today. I thought I was the first, I thought I made that up. I was like, I'm the funniest person in America. And I, I was talking to someone that was a cashier and they're like, I hear that 10 times a day. And I was like, oh, I'm not that original actually. So it's understanding that these magic lines that we think we have, they're, they're not really that magic. Really, it's about just taking a step back and, you know, Brad, if you're coming into my model or coming into my sales center, it's really just, hey, I just want to know about you. Who are you as a person? And that's where we're going to find natural connection. That's where we're going to find that natural commonality versus me trying to force it of, hey, you're wearing a, you know, an LSU um, sweater and I'm just going to pretend like I like LSU. I don't. <laughs> so I'm not going to make it up. But it's really just being really curious about people and and, and having a genuine um, 
desire to know people on a, on a deeper level. And that's what's going to help you get them to that place of resolution we talk about. It, I, I love you brought up insanely curious because, you know, as you were kind of giving your experience about that and essentially alluding on that, uh, that point there talking about that you should always be selling, which we all should, no matter at what stage of life or business. I mean, essentially we're, we're all trying to build whatever it is we're trying to do. But to your point about the insanely curious, it made me think when, when I've had salespersons, when I've had customers or clients or anyone in my network, just be curious, ask questions. And it's interesting. There's like an engagement that goes a lot deeper. Um, and, and there's a connection there. and you mentioned the human connection, right? There's a connection there that's really important. And to, and I think that's where most salespeople, I'm sure you would agree that, um, being able to have the human connection is a lot stronger than trying to pretend to be something you're not. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think the average consumer, especially in today's world where, you know, the internet, all the information in the world is literally at their fingertips. I think today's consumer just wants a real human in front of them. They just want to talk to someone that's genuine and they want to talk to someone that's uh, not trying to put on a show. And I think there's um, a lot of that in the industry, a lot of that in sales in general of, you know, I have to put on this show. And uh, one thing that I think people will say about me, whether it's selling or whether it's coaching, training, speaking, is you're going to get the real. And I will, I'd rather spend more time talking to you about what I did wrong and where I failed and the mistakes that I made than trying to look cool and be, you know, the, the perfect salesperson or the perfect trainer. I don't think that is real. I don't think it does anything for you. I'd rather just talk about, hey, here's what I've learned and here's some things that I would do differently. And here's how I think we can take what you do and avoid some of those pitfalls and get you to the next level. I want you to be better than me. Again, conversation I have with my boys is that your job is to surpass me and, and blow me out of the water and make me look like I don't know what I'm doing. And I say the same thing with salespeople that I train, sales leaders that I coach, is your job is to be far better than me. So I'm going to help give you all those tools and, and all those things that I did wrong and all those things that I learned along the way, the hard way most of the time. <laughs> I'm going to give you all those things to hopefully you just take off and soar to another level because my mentor, um, Abby, gave me the same tools and just had the same conversation with me of, hey, I want you to be better. Uh, I don't know if I'm there yet, but that definitely she gave me the runway to, to try to do that. And and not to divert this, but you're speaking with Abby, right? Aren't you a guest speaker? Is this the same I Abby am. I'm speaking of? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I, I can't ever stay too far away from her. She always keeps me pretty close. <laughs> well, if I'm not mistaken, I think Abby's, so I'm from Phoenix and I believe Abby's here. Um, I'll be interviewing her later. So she'll be on the podcast after you, which is kind of funny. Um, <laughs> and I believe, because when I was, you know, essentially prepping for both of you. I'm like, Hey, there's some correlation. I think Corey's speaking with Abby at her, you know, her summit that she's doing. Yeah. You know, it's, she does an amazing summit. Um, she does it usually, usually twice a year. Uh, and she brings together amazing leaders and I am always the first one to raise my hand and say, Hey, I want to come. Cause, uh, without her, I probably wouldn't be here. And, and her just giving me a chance and saying, you know, metaphorically, here's the microphone, go, go try some stuff. And, and we had a conversation yesterday about, you know, always being willing to put someone in the seat, but also let them try things and let them mess up. And, you know, she had a great conversation with me that there's nothing you're going to do or say, you know, within reason, that's, that's going to be, you know, something we can't salvage. So just try new things, be adventurous, be courageous. And that's really developed kind of my style as a speaker and as a trainer is I'm not afraid to push the envelope. I'm not afraid to try new things, uh, to say the thing that everyone's thinking, but nobody wants to say, I will absolutely say it because I had a great mentor that um, encouraged me to just, hey, do the thing and be different and be bold and and don't be afraid to kind of step out on your own. So uh, I live that. So anytime I get a chance to speak with her or take part in anything, she's doing them all for it. And, and I want to come back to a couple of questions I had previously when you're sp speaking about how <laughs> when you're training your, your children, how you want them to be better and, you know, especially some experience, but maybe as we follow along here with the mentor side, how, how valuable has it been to have a mentor such as Abby and other mentors you've had? I mean, I know you're playing that role now with your position and with the, with your company and, um, you know, with the superhero mindset, but you know, importance of mentors in your life and the value value add that they've brought to get you to where you are today. Yeah. For me, there's, there's not a dollar amount I could put on a, a strong mentor. There's not a, uh, the right amount of words that I can use to describe a great mentor. Uh, she happens to be the one that stands above the rest, but I've had many amazing mentors in my life. And I'm kind of known as a mentor collector where I'm like, Ooh, you do good stuff. I'm just going to stick close to you and learn from you. Uh, and I think again, for the kid like me that didn't have the natural gift and the natural talent, 
uh, being able to number one, identify the people that you want to be around and the people you want to learn from. And on the flip side, those people being willing to pour into you, which I think is more rare than anything else and, and people not being afraid of uh, you threatening their position or, or making them look bad or upstaging them. People really truly wanting to see other people around them be great and be amazing. Those kind of people, if you can keep them around you and I can name a ton of them that have helped me along the way that, that, that there's no, story of Corey Charles. There's no story of the superhero mindset without that piece of just fantastic mentors that have said, hey, you've got something. I'm not sure what it is, but you've got something. So I'm going to help help you get there. Uh, and that to me, feels like my responsibility now that I'm in this chair to then give back to the next generation of sales leaders, salespeople, um, and, and just humans in general, honestly. It, it's interesting how you kind of uh, formulate this because I think there's part of and going back to the superhero mindset that you know that we should have that we'll get into, but there there's an element to a really good mentor that says, "I see Corey Charles not where he is today, but where he can be, and all I have to do is maybe crack that door open a little bit or help him see that, and bam, he's gone." Like Corey's, <laughs> I mean, look what you done now. You just kicked it down and it's over. Um, so there's an element to that leadership side, and I think from you, especially as you mentor and coach people, Corey. And I would imagine that there's, it's kind of twofold. Some of us naturally maybe don't have the confidence or belief that, Hey, I can go do this or, you know, this opportunity is there. I just got to find a way to get there. You know, some of us just innately don't have that. And some of us may just need a little guidance to reach our full potential. We may not know it's there and someone else may be able to see that. How do you work with others to say, here's their full potential. They're not seeing it. How do we get them to the superhero mindset? How do we help them out? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, you know, there's a couple different layers to that, right? We can really peel back the onion on that because I think there are people that just get it right off the bat and they say, I know what I want to do. I know where I'm supposed to be. And that's amazing. But then there's the rest of us. Yeah, it's and very few that are like that. It's very small few. percentage, very small percent. And then there's the rest of us that either A, have no idea what we want to do, what we're strong at. And then there's people that think we know what we want to do, but we don't have, uh, or at least in our mind, we don't have the right opportunities to explore that and to try that. Uh, so I think as a coach and as a leader, it's number one, exactly what we talked about earlier, making sure that I really give the people the confidence to live within their own space. Uh, and to be, I call it being authentically uh, and unapologetically awesome uh, and being able to be that best version of you. doesn't mean that, um, you know, anyone I train needs to be a mini Corey. The world doesn't need another me, trust me. Uh, so I don't need to make a clone of myself. I just need to give you the tools that I have so you can become the best version of you and building up on that confidence and then really identifying, hey, where is where is not only your your purpose, where does your purpose lie? And, and we do a lot of work of uncovering kind of um, past decision, decision making behaviors and how you get to the decisions that you make today based off of factors in the past. We do a lot of that work, which is the tough work, but also we really figure out like, hey, this is what your secret sauce is. And again, everybody has that secret sauce. And then I'm going to give you the confidence to say, I need you to take that secret sauce and share it with the world because the world needs more people that are willing to step out and do the thing that is uncomfortable. I tell my son, you know, he was doing a fundraiser for football. He plays a lot of sports and he's doing a fundraiser for football and he had to go talk to strangers and basically ask for money. And he's like, I'm nervous. I'm nervous. And I said, what are you nervous about? And he said, what if they don't like me? And I said, first of all, who cares? <laughs> they don't like you. That's the first part. But I said, also, I want to tell you a story. And I told him that, you know, when I was younger, I failed speech class three times in college because I just couldn't do it. So I was super nervous and I would just panic every time it was time to give the speech. And, you know, fast forward, that's literally what I do for a living is I, I literally speak for a living and it's being willing to run towards that thing that scares you. And once you can overcome that, then nothing can stop you. So I think it's for me giving people the confidence of saying, I know you're scared of that thing. I know that thing makes you nervous. Let's first of all, let's tackle why that is, but really let's talk about the tools that you already have to get past that. Cause nine times out of 10, the thing that fears you, the, that scares you the most, you already have the tools to get past that. We just have to explore what those are and bring it to the surface. And I, again, I always say, we're not taking it to a 10, we're going to take it to 11 to make sure that you're bulletproof. And that's really the idea of that superhero mindset is, you know, Batman doesn't want to run into a burning building, but he knows he, ha he, knows he has to do it anyways. And he does it because that's what he's, that's what he's, you know, put here to do. And, and I do believe that we all have these missions that we're kind of set out to, to carry out and understanding exactly what that is and how we can contribute is what makes life so much fun. 
And and so just as you mentioned the superhero, like they understand this is my calling. I have to do this. I have to go in that burning building. How do you get normal people day to day, someone such as myself and, and not divulging, I guess, everything, but essentially like, how do you get people to get cross over and get that confidence? Because as we mentioned, that's not common for everybody. So to get them past that, to say, okay, I think I'm ready to bring this to an 11. Yeah, I think, you know, again, it, it, a lot of that lies in the programming. You know, I, I joke around about the things that we learn when we're three and four, a lot of times shape how we are as an adults. And, you know, if there are things that made us feel like, and I can speak from experience, you know, I had a run of some pretty bad teachers, which I love teachers, but you know, if you get a run of a couple bad ones that can really change destroy your, your confidence, it can, uh, yeah, change your destiny, absolutely. your confidence, your positivity of the world. I mean, there's just a lot of things where it just For sure. bring you back. Well, you know, it's, it's, you know, my, my, my parents joke about this now, they didn't joke about it back then, but I was the kid that, uh, that talked a lot when I was younger. I talked a lot, always had something to say, always was chatting with friends. I was always trying to um, entertain other people, make them, you know, see how cool I am. And I got just absolutely destroyed from teachers and all the adults around me. And it just beat me down into becoming kind of this different personality. So when I tell people that I'm naturally introverted or that, you know, I'm not the super outgoing person, it wasn't always the case, but sometimes you have these influences around you that tell you, sit down, be quiet, stop talking, don't do that. You know, you're not going to, you're not going to succeed in life if you can't do that. So a lot of times that shapes how we make decisions. So I like to go back and really, really figure out, Hey, what are the reasons why you feel the way you do about the thing with the thing that you think you should do, or the thing that you know you should do that scares you? Why do you feel that way? Why does it scare you? Let's really dive into it. And sometimes, again, that can be pretty messy work to figure out what, what is the trigger. Uh, sometimes it's pretty powerful triggers. What, what's the trigger that got you to that place? And then let's talk about what you've learned from that and how we can get past that. And once we can get through that really kind of dirty work, it really opens the door. Just like you said, Brad, it opens the door for us to have discussions about, okay, now, you know, the trigger, you know, the decision-making behavior, what can we do with that decision-making behavior? How can we switch it? So it's not automatic and it's more thoughtful. And how do we then take that into either a, what you're currently doing to get you where you want to be, or maybe it's, you need to live in a totally different space altogether. That's more aligned with uh, your purpose. And that's really kind of the tougher conversations that we, we have to be willing to have. Again, my eight-year-old is a, a, a copycat of me at eight years old. He is the entertainer. He wants to talk to everybody. I mean, he's always been that way. My job is to, number one, teach him the, the rules of, hey, you have to be a civilized human, but also I want you to hang on to that spark of um, excitement and that spark of personality that you have, because I know when I see the end of the road, you're going to be fine. Uh, so I think that's where we on both sides have to be willing to have those conversations with our kids and have those conversations with the people around us of, Hey, just be yourself, but let's figure out how to be yourself within this, this place where we can be productive humans in society. I need that first, but outside of that, I want you to be you because I know that's, what's going to take you very far. So for me, it took a lot of hard work to me to get back to that youthful excitement and energy that I had. It took a long time to get back there. Um, so that's the work that I really get excited about is, is letting people tap into that stuff that they already have. This episode is brought to you by Pella Windows. When it comes to building homes at AFT, almost every project has Pella Windows. And they've been just an incredible partner of ours. And locally, Sammy and Adam, they are not only amazing business partners behind us, but they are super close friends. And I speak on the podcast all the time about the importance of relationships, right? Relations with our customers, with our vendors, with our suppliers, because at the end of the day, I'm only as good as those that help our brand and assist us in our projects to, to take it from the ground up all the way to completion. And if we didn't have partners such as Pella, there's no way we'd be who we are today. Over the years, we've built this amazing relationship. When we call them or email them, they respond. They're quick. Their they're company culture, their integrity, their honesty you know, they are always there to do what's right for us and the customer. They can do anything from small replacement projects to large custom homes and even multi-million dollar commercial projects. And also, when you think about their product line, they can do ultra contemporary, historical preservation, and large traditional projects. So for anyone, any scale, any size, they're the ones to call. They're here local. You know, they have an amazing Instagram. Make sure and give them a follow to see what they're doing. So if you need windows and doors, give Sammy and Adam a call. We stand behind Pella. We love what they do, their culture, their brand, and especially their quality. 
And if you want to learn more about Pellet Windows, check our show notes. We'll have everything tagged there so you can give them a follow and have their contact information to reach out. And I always find it fascinating because when um, just knowing you, Core, I mean, super outgoing, super personable, great communicator. And so when I hear people, people um, such as yourself be like, hey, Brad, you know, I'm an introvert. You know, I'm shy. And I just said, you think like, there's no way, right? And, but I think at the core of it, what's interesting is it, it really speaks to the truth that you're saying, Corey, that so many of us um, may not be naturally at a certain level of talent, but it can be taught, it can be trained, it can be instilled through mentorship and, and training and all everything that you do. For personally, you know, in your life, as you mentioned, you're an introvert. Was there a tipping point? Was there a point when you realized, hey, that, that confidence came through and you realize, Hey, I have a lot of talent. Not only do I have talent individually to maybe excel my personal career, but now I can coach others and mentor others. Yeah, that's such a great question. So for me, it, it was the, the literal tipping point. And I remember I used to think to myself when I was in college, like, man, you used to be, everyone tells these stories of when you were a kid and how outgoing you were and how much you used to talk. And why are you this way now? Why are you so shy? And why do you, are, so, are you so reserved? And I can never really get an understanding for that until, again, I did that deep work of realizing that was programming. But I remember being in car sales and I totally got into car sales by accident because, uh, you know, I love my parents to death, but they were like, you're 18, get out, <laughs> go, go do something, right? And just get out of the house. And, you know, I was going to school full time at a car, you know, and all the things that an 18 year old does and needs money for. So I needed to make a lot of money in a short amount of time. Uh, because that's one thing that mom said, mama Charles said, you're taking on a full school schedule. We're not part-time in anything. So I had to go to school full-time and then also still survive. So for me, car sales was just a way to just do that, make money in a short amount of time. And my tipping point, the point where I was just like, I got to figure this thing out is that I had the product knowledge understood the cars more than anybody. I, I researched like crazy. Uh, I read the books. I listened to the trainings. I did all the things that you were supposed to do, but I just couldn't get past this, this fear of the eyes on me when I'm talking to a customer and what are my peers thinking and what are they saying about me? Am I doing this wrong? I couldn't get past that. And I think a lot of people struggle with that, either that or, or some version of imposter syndrome. And the tipping point was like, hey, listen, dude, you're going to starve because <laughs> I'm not going back home. That's one thing I wasn't doing. I wasn't going back home. So it's like you're going to starve if you don't figure out how to get past this and get past this idea that the people around you are judging you or the people around you don't think you can do it, what you already know how to do. You have the skills. I just need you to have the will. And once I figured out how to throw the will, the skill and the will together, that's what really made it something. OK, now we're starting to cook. Now we're starting to really be in a place because you know being honest I, I wasn't the one that ran to customers i was like i'll take a customer but i'm not gonna run to one because you know again i felt so uncomfortable once i got past that hump of like i just need to talk to people i just need to talk to people and you know get the marbles out of the mouth as they say and i need to just get reps and if you follow basketball i gotta get shots at the basket that's it i just gotta get up shots and once i started really figuring that out then it started to be become a little bit easier and again of course it got get you get past that idea of, uh, you know, other people judge me, you get to a place where you don't care because you know what you're doing and, and you start to build up that, 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 that inner confidence and that shell of, Hey, I know exactly what I'm doing. I just need to talk to another human and see what they need. And hopefully we can find a common ground. I love how you broke that up. And, and especially when you mentioned there was some programming inside that you had to work through and then figure out, Hey, there's the skills, there's the will, we put this together. We're going to overcome that. Do you ever find yourself now with all the experience, the success you've had, the amazing business you built, self-doubt? How, how do you combat self-doubt or feelings of inadequacy, right? That I think most of us as entrepreneurs, business owners, it's something that creeps up. How do you keep that from, you know, taking hold? Yeah, that's a, that Brad, that's a silent killer, man. That one will get you. Silent if killer. <laughs> yeah. If you're, if you're not aware of what's happening in the moment, that one will get you because it'll catch you. And I've had those days. I never run from it. I had those days where, you know, a peer of mine, you know, they get their book out before I get my book out. I'm like, ah, what am I doing? Or, or, you know, they have a post that gets double the engagement mine gets. You have those moments, but if you're not careful, that can send you down a path that is, you know, I don't want to go 
down like a Star Wars path, but that'll that'll consent you to the dark side real quick if you let those feelings get 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 a hold of you. So it's really just taking a step back and saying, okay, listen, I know what I'm doing. I just got to take the little steps every every day, little steps, little steps, little steps. Slight improvement is what I'm looking for. I'm not looking to take over the world tomorrow. I'm just looking to get better at what I'm doing every single day. And even as an entrepreneur, that can be really challenging because. You know, again, you're seeing your peers do really well. You 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 have all kinds of stresses, and you're trying to manage lots of different roles that maybe you haven't done before. But it's just understanding that if I do the little things every single day, just like a football coach would say, just like a basketball coach would say, just like any sport, they would say, just do the little things every single day consistently. That will lead you to where you want to be, and that's what's going to get to the success. So, I think just understanding in the in the moment when you have those feelings, number one, those feelings feelings are temporary. Uh, and most of the time they're overblown. They're usually not as bad as they feel in the moment. Uh, and just remember that, Hey, this is a journey. This is a marathon. It's not a sprint. There's a reason why, you know, superhero movies are, uh, two hours long and, and, you know, look at Marvel and their movies they, you know, they got like 25 movies out and 50 something TV shows because it's about the journey. It's not about, Hey, this instant success, which I think, um, my generation and then and the one after really feel this need to get this instant success but it's just remembering hey the, the journey is what's going to really make me great it's not the it's not the destination and not to sound super cliche but that's the hero's journey that they talk about is all the trials that you go through to get to the other side that's what makes you an amazing person and if you look at i, I tell this story if you look at all of the modern day superheroes uh all the ones that matter at least they they all share the same same kind of core journey uh and if you compare that to modern day super villains which are the bad guys again they share really strong similarities and i've talked about this before but you know the superhero and the supervillain both have tragic backstories the only difference is the superhero decides to take that tragedy and use it to make the world better the villain does the opposite so when you're having those moments of frustration, doubt, and not feeling good about yourself, and uh, you know that imposter syndrome again, that's a killer. Uh, it's just taking a step back and understanding that hey, this is part of the journey. This is this is supposed to happen, and it gets sticky when you're getting close to something really good. Is what I say. So much wealth of knowledge, like I couldn't keep up there <laughs> in, in in a good way, Corey. Because you know, really, human psychology, as you're alluding to, is that you know there's. People will often say, well, should I have more positive thoughts or less negative? I think should be less negative, right? You want to keep that out. And, you know, as, as you, as you mentioned there, and I think the slight improvement, the little things is it's so valuable and it's so hard for us because the patience, you mentioned patience, the instant gratification, the instant success. We want that. It's like, Hey, I've been doing this. Why am I not here yet? Why am I not there? Was my business not this level? Look at my competitor, you know, without understanding that there's a lot of going on in the journey that we may or may not be aware of. Um, but at the core of it, the reality is having joined the journey, understanding the, the, the trail that's ahead, it's going to take some time, be patient. There's value to that. Right. And, you know, as you're working with, you know, business owners, with salespeople, are there mistakes that, you know, especially entry-level salesperson, maybe early in your career, some of you've been coaching mistakes we make in selling product are, are, are they common between different industries or specific individuals? No, yeah. So there is an amazing amount of commonality between industries, especially when it comes from sales and leadership, if I'm being honest. There's so many similarities. It's it's mind-boggling. Of course, processes are different and you know, product, of course, is very different, but the similarities of the pitfalls that we have, man, they're spot on. Uh, a lot of that's just human nature. But one of the things that I say is probably the simplest fix for most salespeople is um and again, I'd say that for most people, not just salespeople, but impatience is your fastest path to failure. And a lot of times we are impatient in the sales process. We are impatient um, as leaders. We're impatient in relationships. We're re impatient with our kids. We're impatient all across the board. And when we let that impatience takes over, that's our fastest track to failure. Uh, so it's understanding that I gotta be patient. I gotta let this thing play out in the, in the right and the, and the way that it's supposed to. So again, as I'm going through my sales process to, to go back to the sales world, as I go through my sales process, I'm not rushing to the finish line. And I think a lot of salespeople are, um, and part of that is programming Brad is, you know, Hey, I met you for the first time. How can I close you versus, Hey, how can I understand more about you so I can earn the right 
to ask you if you want to buy said thing. Uh, and that takes a lot of patience is getting, getting to the place where I've now earned the right to ask that question. And I think a lot of people just like if you go out and you ask a girl, you know, for her number, when you didn't earn it, you're going to get rejected. Uh, same concept. You ask someone to buy your product before you've earned it, you're going to get rejected. Um, and I hate to use that strong language of rejection because that's a big heavy word, but it's the truth. And and people want to feel like uh, you've invested time and you've earned the right to ask them that question. And, and listen, buyers love when you earn the right to ask the question and you ask the question, uh, but you got to earn the right to ask the question. And I think that's where most salespeople get really impatient. And on the flip side, I've seen many leaders get impatient with their people and not let them develop uh, in the way that they need to develop again benefit of having a great mentor and letting you develop in a natural way and giving you the, the right nudge every now and then is going to give you really, really strong people. And by the way, people that will bend over backwards and go to the end of earth for you. And you know, how does this align when you think about essentially everything you broke down there, um, even patients in the sales process, I think that's really valuable because so many of us are like, maybe there's an incentive to close the sale. Maybe you're bonus <laughs> off of it. Maybe there's part of your salary. Um, or cost incentives, right, to survive. So, you know, it's really tough to put that to the side when you're thinking about long-term, when you're like, hey, immediate needs. When you look at it from an organizational perspective, you talk about the growth culture. How, you know, how can you create a good growth culture as an owner, as a business owner, maybe your manager of your sales team, essentially with some of the topics you've been mentioning? Yeah, so I think it's really important. And it's funny that you mentioned that, Brad, because I, I do this survey where you talk about you know, if I owned a fast food restaurant chain and I wanted to sell more burgers, you know, how do I sell more burgers? And I always ask salespeople and man, you'd be sur not surprised. You'd laugh. It's always give incentives, discount the price, <laughs> give them free things. It's always that immediate, Hey, that's going to get the job done versus like, Hey, let's look at this from a different strategy. So I find that really interesting. It's kind of in a lot of our nature of, Hey, let's just, let's just throw stuff at it. Right. Uh, but as leaders, I think the importance on building, I call it building a championship culture. Uh, the reason why I say that you can't see it, it's out of frame up oh, wrong side of my championship belt. And I have my, my giant's helmet, <laughs> but so I'm a New Yorker, but I always talk about the Yankees and you know, some people hate that cause they're the evil empire, but there's a, just a culture in New York, um, where, it is expected that we win and every year that we don't win or we're not challenging feels like a great disappointment and you talk to other fans in other cities and they're just happy to be there yeah uh, but there's that there's that culture of winning out of new york that is really ingrained in, in everything they do and how do you create that in your organization where winning is expected and this is just what we do part of that is making sure that we are really growth-minded part of that is making sure that we are agile and nimble and we're able to adapt to the times very quickly uh and part of that is understanding that hey i got to give my people the ability to learn grow make mistakes screw things up try again and feel like they're still part of this overall vision that we all share and it's not really about what i want to do it's what we're going to accomplish together and by the way here's your part of that mission here's your part of the vision and how we're going to get there and to do that i'm going to need this this and this from you uh, and i'm going to give you a lot of um a lot of freedom to explore and try to get better and make make things um make things in a different way and do things in a way that can help us get to the next level. And I think if you can give your people that freedom, again, that freedom to try and, and not be afraid to fail, that's when you're going to really great things on the other side. Uh, you know, I, I go back to this all the time. The reason why I am the way that I am as a speaker is because I, I had a leader that said, just try it. And if it doesn't work, we'll figure it out and we'll work through it. And then on the flip side, most people are like, do not do that. Because <laughs> I don't want to fix that mess. <laughs> but being lucky enough to have one that said, hey, look, if, you, if you screw it up, we'll, we'll figure it out and we'll, we'll figure out what we need to fix. And that's really led to amazing growth. And that's what I think we can give for our people. Well, I love the sports analogy because um, just being open, it's interesting as you think about the, the whole conversation you've been speaking about preparation right? have been speaking about patience and long-term. Um, and, and, and there's so many similarities with a good culture, right? And you talk about the growth mentality as a sports fan, I grew up in San Diego. So I was a charger fan. And for the longest time, they had some amazing teams and they lost to the Patriots every single year. I think there was a stretch there where Tom Brady was like 12 and 0 against the chargers, like never oh, lost to him. Terrorists. Yeah. And, but, but you look at the, all the interviews, you know, as I've gotten older and of course I appreciate the greatness and the legacy there greatly, uh, you know, become a huge fan, no doubt. And the Giants too, the core 
the giant fan base, you know, Yankees. I mean, you can appreciate a, a company that has such a good organization that they're always great or always contending. And, you know, but when you hear the players speak about, you know, like Edelman and Brady and Alvin, when they're there, they're like, we were so prepared, right? We, when it came down to the game, there are teams that are better talented, but we were essentially, the moment was never too big because we had been here before. And I would see the Chargers or sorry, Falcons or many teams that, <laughs> oh. that yeah, talented teams, they, they get in these positions and uh, pressure gets to them. And to your point, Corey, like now you said, hey, the door's open for you to be a public speaker and but you put in the time, you put in the effort, you, you learn the skill, you, you practice, you know, you're going to your hands raising as you're going to speak with Abby at her summit. And not everyone is, that's not natural. I'm sure for you to some extent, it's not natural, but you're doing it and you're putting that fourth effort so that when you're on that stage and the lights are on, the lights aren't too bright. Well, I remember about the first time I, I got handed the mic to, to go speak. I had a quiet moment to myself and I said, what the hell are you doing? Have you lost your damn mind? <laughs> this is too far. You, you know, you, when you're out in the ocean and you've gone a little too deep and you're like, uh-oh, I'm out here now. Uh, I had that moment. Uh, but I'll tell you on the flip side of that is the moment of coming off the stage. And I think anyone that's been on stage knows when you bombed and they know when you've done okay. And then we all know that feeling of when you've killed it and it just feels really good. Uh, and the energy that I get from that moment will always have me fight through that moment of what the hell are you doing? And one of the inside jokes that I, I think the people only really close to me know, and now your whole audience, is that I always have that moment before any kind of speech or any kind of big engagement. I always have that moment of, oh, crap, oh, crap, oh, crap. But for me, that keeps me honest. That makes me makes me want to be prepared like you said, the Patriots, I hate to bring them up, but just, just like the Patriots. <laughs> you beat them uh, twice, though. So. I know, we did beat them twice, so I feel good about that. <laughs> but it makes you want to make sure that you're always prepared. You're always ready for the moment when those spotlights turn on. That's why people say it's very different, you know, being an athlete in a city and then being an athlete in New York because the lights are always on. There's no break. Uh, and, you know, you talk about the Patriots, and again, I don't love them, but – you talk about a, a, a franchise that really lived that next man up culture because you you saw in their runs them lose top tier players to injury and still perform as or salary mm -hmm. or salary right and then they would perform as if nothing happened and it doesn't mean that the player's not valuable it just means that everyone on the roster understand their job and by the way if so-and-so's out you're next up and for me that was always the mindset of even if i don't have the ball right now even if I'm not the one that's out in front on stage or leading the training, I got to be prepared because one day it's going to happen. Someone's going to get sick. Someone's going to call out. Someone's going to leave. Million reasons. I have to always be prepared for that moment. Uh, so that was for me what that preparation looked like. It's a lot of hours <laughs> staring at a wall and practicing your speech or a lot of hours of um, you know practicing a, a sales conversation and going through objections it's always being ready for the moment uh, i stole a, a principle from dave Chappelle, probably one of the greatest comedians ever where he has he thank you <laughs> he just has a bowl of punchlines and he just reaches in the bowl and grabs out a random punchline and he has to create the joke around the punchline it's the coolest thing I've ever seen. So now I've started doing that with sales topics and objections and speeches where I just have to make it up on the fly and really be nimble. And again, we talk about championship level. That's the things that it takes to really get you to that kind of level of consistency where we just win on accident. We just win uh, just just for the, just for showing up because that's how prepared we are. It's it's funny you bring that up because you know I, I ask a lot of people to public speak a lot like you know how do you get that confidence how do you get that ability there's a comfort level to be on a stage and control the adrenaline and and you know not <laughs> not forget right it's you know all of us can sit down and watch someone playing Jeopardy and be like oh that's an easy answer until you're on stage and you're trying to click and try to remember on the spot right it's a whole different situation there different but world it's, it is a different world but I think to your point Cord what's interesting is you get this example where you're the um, they should. Chappelle examples that you, you could bring up these topics and wing it on the fly. And so there's a sense of curiosity. There's a sense of training. There's a sense of practice and implementation that now prepares you for that big moment. 
Yeah, you get to this place where you're not, again, you're not afraid of what could happen. And I think for, definitely for me, but I think for a lot of speakers uh, and a lot of people that have kind of a, a platform, you're, one of the fears is, is the uncertainty of the moment. I can tell you an example. I had a particularly hostile individual in one of my early crowds uh, that I don't know if she didn't get the script of the jokes I was trying to tell, but she <laughs> wasn't going along with where I was going. And it threw my stories off threw my examples off it threw kind of the 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 natural progression of how i was trying to get through the training it threw me way off and i remember it coming out of that like that was an absolute dumpster fire because someone threw a couple of comments out that just took me way off my my course uh so one number one that was a lesson in i i love being prepared but i can't be overly scripted where any little deviation throws me into a loop. And also I have to be really prepared for those moments where things don't go the way they're supposed to go, where, uh, you know, maybe I'm giving a presentation and the PowerPoint goes off and we got to freestyle it, right? I've been there before or audio goes out or, you know, I've, I've, uh, I wrote a post about this a couple of weeks ago. I've split my pants right down the middle, stepping onto the stage. <laughs> <laughs> I call it the, the blowout of 16 and, you know, uh, and having to kind of, uh, work your way around those kind of things. But when you have insane levels of preparation, those things don't, those moments don't scare you anymore. It's just like, well, that's a new story to add to the list. It, I'm not scared of it happening, but I, I'm just ready, ready for, I may not be ready for the exact moment, but I'm not afraid in the moment, if that makes sense. But absolutely. You're not afraid in the moment. And that's again, preparation because things happen and things go down. Um, I know you're big on the four pillars of life. So maybe speak to, you know, what those are. Yeah, so this is something that really just gets me going. I love talking about the four pillars of life because I think, uh, you know, first of all, there's a lot of pillars of life, but these are the four that I think uh, can really help people understand where they are, uh, make sure that they're getting to the place that they want to be, uh, and they're just living a full life because I, I don't just talk about sales. I don't just talk about training and leadership. I talk about just being, again, the best human that we can be. Uh, and the first one, the first of the four pillars for me is understanding that mission. Uh, it's a combination of being kind of present in the moment and saying, this is where I am today. And this is what I'm taking out of life today. But also, this is where I want to be. And here's my mission. And it's understanding that everything that happens in your life is a function of the present. And it's also a function of where you've come from. So being really locked in on what your mission is and what your vision is. And, uh, you know, some people call it purpose, but I'm a little different. <laughs> so, but really understanding what that mission is and, and being present in the moment, huge. Uh, and one of the other things I talk about, again, I'm a bit of a unique one, I think in the, in the sales training space where I talk about mindset, I think more than strategy. Um, not a huge difference, but I do talk about mindset quite a bit, is the, the second pillar for me, I call it mind mastery and really understanding uh, what's going on in your mind because the programming that you give yourself and the things that you say to yourself can either make you or they can break you. The moment that you say that I'm not good at this or I can't do this or uh, I'm not made like this or you know all the other excuses that we give, that's when it becomes reality. But the second that you say, you know what? I've not done it before, but I think I can do it, or at least I can learn how to do it uh, is really important. So I talk a lot about organizing your mind and, and making sure that you set yourself up uh, and mindset wise to be in a really good place to open the doors for, for better thinking, better thoughts, uh, and, and better feelings about what you want to accomplish. Uh, and then of course, I always talk about, we're gonna make sure that we take care of our body as well. Uh, I know that you've talked about this before on a podcast that uh, you're like a five, six hour sleeper. I am too, <laughs> I am too, I can't help that. But also, you know, while I'm a five, you know, four hour, five hour sleeper, when I'm up in the morning, I'm up to go to the gym and I try to make sure that I stay hydrated and eat the right things and take care of my body as best I can. So that's also a piece that's gonna help us really feel like we're a whole human. Uh, and the last part is, I call it connectedness. It, really, that's the heart. And it's uh, understanding that we're all connected and we all come from the same source, not to get too, you know, uh, too spiritual on us, but we all come from the same source and understanding that we're all connected as humans. And part of that's what guides me as a trainer, again, because when I see a salesperson or when I see a sales leader or just a person that I have the opportunity to work with, Again, I really, truly want to see them become the absolute best version of themselves. And that's understanding that if 
the people around me are better, then this whole world becomes better. If I can raise good kids, then that'll affect the world. And if I can train good people, you know, if I spend time with you, Brad, and we get to a place where you become better, then guess what? Your spouse gets to be around a better version of you. Your kids get to be around a better version of you. The people that you interact with become uh, influenced by the better version of you. And that just spreads. And uh, the impact of that is absolutely huge. So one of the things I always make sure that I focus on is the four pillars, because I think a lot of times we get so focused, especially uh, career wise, we focus on, you know, what am I doing about my career? And what am I doing about this part of my life? But hey, th those other parts of your life are really important, too. And we want to make sure that we don't want to be the super successful people that are unhappy. We want to make sure that we are whole humans uh, that feel really good about where we're at, where we're at in life. So with those four pillars to break those down, you had mission, mind, body, heart. Yeah, so, and, yeah. And you broke those down for us to kind of essentially walk those through, you know, the understanding we should all have now as you're working and coaching and it's probably not the same for everybody, but are one of those four more out of balance, more imbalance? I mean, what do you typically see with most of us, you know, as business owners and those that you're working with? It's funny. It's, it, it, you know, it's never the same, but, you know, it's never the same for everyone, but I'll say the one that we can always use work on is mindset. Every once in a while, I come, people, come across people that have just a great rock solid mindsets, but usually it's mindset. Uh, the, again, the things that we say to our stuff, ourselves, the things that's going on in between the ears, uh, that's the one that we always have to spend time on is making sure that we understand mindset. Um, and again, you know, I think, some people have a really good feel of their mission, you know, having that, that presence. Some people have a really good feel of it, but I think a, a large chunk of us kind of float around the, the idea of what we think we should be doing or where we think our strengths are. And I think it's really locking that in is the biggest difference that I think people can make. Because for me, I knew that I like to help people. Uh, when I first started in training, I like to help people get sales. That was the, the, that was the tip of the iceberg of where I thought my purpose was is, I kind of know sales and when a new guy gets sale, I get excited, right? That was, that was kind of the peak of the mountain. And then it kind of grew to, oh man, I really think that if I can give people the skills to be consistent in sales and, and really have the right approach, man, they can send their kids to college and they can buy the dream house that they wanted and can drive the car that they wanted. Uh, and then it became, wow, if I can teach organizations how to teach their whole team to do that, then we were affecting all those people. And then it became, well, if I can actually talk to the leaders, now I can improve their lives and their team's lives. So for me, my mission keeps growing. Uh, now we've kind of landed on this idea of impacting a million lives is my current mission. And I, I say this with all the humility in the world. I hope that I have to change that number quickly. I hope a million has to become two million and eventually five million, million and 10 million. Because for me, that impact is really important. And that's what I'm around to do. So I think, again, that was a really long way of answering a simple question. Uh, again, a lot of times, I think we have an idea of mission, but we don't really have it nailed down. And once we can nail it down, then we can start to make moves towards that. It's an incredible legacy, though. I mean, just with your goals, it's, you know, it's not that you have to meet with 100 people individually or a million people individually, but as you impact people and they impact people and there's this ripple effect, right? That has a huge impact. And as you're breaking that down, when I asked you that question, I was thinking internally, I said, okay, with me, if I look at those four pillars, you know, mission, feel again, none of these are perfect, but I feel pretty good about, <laughs> you know, maybe mission, direction, goals, right? When I think about heart, human connection, I feel that, you know, I get along with people. I feel like I'm a decent communicator, you know, all those different things and body, the same as you, I, I work really hard to stay healthy and, active, you know, kids and business and trying to balance that. But mine is interesting because I'm like, despite amazing mentors and leadership and networking and camaraderie and all the different things that are out there, I think all of us fight. And I can say me specifically, there's always times that we have that lock, lack of confidence, right? Mm -hmm. Those negative thoughts enter, you know, that stress, something we're stressing about that we may not need to spend that much time, you know, thinking about and or maybe a failure we've made which can be part of me like failed here and the funny thing about failure is and i've learned this uh from mark candelaria's on the podcast he's like you know with failure most other people don't even think about it like most mm -hmm. people look at me and never think about it. they look at you corey no but internally we're like consumed by it and so i i feel that when you say mine it's funny you went that way with most of your clients because 
I'm like, well, that, that's me essentially. <laughs> so, but I think most people would probably relate to that. Well, it's funny. It's, it, this is where we get along is for me, I'm the same way. It, it's mindset. And I, I personally, something I have to work on as well is I hang on to mistakes is just like a lot of it sounds like you do as well. Yeah. I can tell you every mistake I made in the third grade, like <laughs> literally every bad decision I made. And I just hang on to those things that really don't matter anymore. But um, it, for me, it was learning that, Hey, all those mistakes were part of the journey. And even if I could change them, I wouldn't end up where I am. So it, it's important that I understand and develop that mindset that uh, again, it's about cultivating growth and growth comes from, the things that we don't want growth doesn't come when we're comfortable and, and life's great and we're not making any mistakes that's not where we grow we grow when we step into the stuff right and i don't want to use the word stuff but that's where <laughs> that's where real growth comes the reality from. Of it. yeah that's when things get real sticky that's where we actually get to another level so uh understanding that hey i gotta let go of those things those decisions that i made however many years ago they don't matter anymore um i can learn from them and and help me get to the next level. But again, that's a lot of the people I talk to, it's something similar where, you know, they, they make a mistake and it creates this vacuum where they don't want to make that same mistake again, or they don't want to uh, fail, which is a really strong word. I think a lot of people have that fear of failure of oh, I made a mistake and I don't want to be a failure. And, you know, for me, failing is not trying. That's when, that's when you're failing is when you're not trying. If you're taking a swing at the bat, you know, you look at uh, baseball, you know, Hall of Famer is hitting three times out of 10. They're a Hall of Famer, you know, three times out of 10. And, and you, you, you talk to most of us, if you fail one, ones out of 10, you think the world's crashing. And, you know, I'm like, man, instead just, of seven out of 10. Right? Yeah, exactly. It's like, man, you just went, that's a really in, impressive number, but it feels like the sky's falling down. So I think it's understanding uh, that, again, the things that we tell to ourselves are so important. And it's very easy. The reason why I talk about mindset so much, because it's easy to let that train leave the station and not pay attention to what's on it and, and what kind of things are, are, are going in and out of our brain. Cause it, it just, it's part of every life. I, I'm sure you're like me. I have an inner soundtrack going on all day long of different music or different thoughts and different quotes. And if you let that get out of control and that inner voice starts telling you stuff that's not serving you, you're going to be in some, some, some more sticky stuff. So being really, really aware of the things that I say, and, and I say this to uh, any, anyone that's around me, they know that I say this when, when things are looking really nervous and they're panicking, I say, I, I can't panic now. I'll panic later when I know there's something to panic about. I can't panic off of speculation. So I just got to let that, you know, get to the place of, Hey, okay, now we have an issue. Let's figure this out now. And again, that clears up space for thinking versus worrying and, and panicking and regretting. And none of that stuff really serves you. Well, I want to be, um, consider of your time because you've been an incredible guest, Corey, like phenomenal. It's been so like, so engaging. I've really appreciated this conversation. I do have to ask you one question before a few Please. personal and, um, cause when, when I was prepping for this and essentially this, we've all had things that come up. And um, I know for you, when you launched the superhero mindset on May 3rd, 2023 is an important day for you. Sure so is. maybe share why, because I don't know the answer to that. So I had to ask you that. <laughs> May 3rd, 2023. So my life shifted. Uh, you hear Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, my, my life shifted upside down. And it's funny. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I definitely believe in the universe putting you in, in, in a place that you need to be. So I'll fast forward May 3rd of 2012, I want to say 2011. Yeah. Yes, that sounds right. Right. May 3rd, 2011, I launched a business and it failed miserably. <laughs> it was my, my first foray into trying something new and, and it's stepping out. Um, and then fast forward May, you know, May third, I believe, uh, of this year, launching a new business and, and running towards that destiny and saying, Hey, listen, this is something that I feel really good about. And it, it's supposed to be this way. And this is, you know, all of the things that I've learned from part point A to point B have led me to this. And I think a lot of people go through a situation where they're, they get laid off and, and there is that moment of panic that I think we all have. Uh, but the key is to not let that moment of panic become a season of panic. And I think we're all allowed to have our feelings, and our emotions in the moment, but then it's really important to formulate a game plan of, Hey, what am I going to do with this moment? And what am I going to make out of this? And that's the lessons that young Corey didn't have in, you know, 2011 of, Hey, this thing happened. What do I do now? It was like, woe is me, poor me, 
you know, the world's coming down on me. No one's, no one's helping me. Everyone's out to get me versus me now in 2023. It's, you know, whatever the negative that comes my way, it's like, okay, this is, this is part of the plan. And what can I learn from this? And how can I take this to build a better me for next season? Right. I love that. I mean, I just love the transparency, the vulnerability and the openness, the whole conversation. I mean, it just shows like credibility and who you are on the journey. I mean, we've all been there. You had your journey. Nothing and, to hide here. Yeah, nothing to hide. Same here. And then you take that and now you can lean on that, especially as you're coaching and mentoring people such as myself. So for those listening, Corey, what do you have that's upcoming and exciting? What do you do for fun? And of course, where can our listeners uh, find you? Man, so you you kind of said it earlier. So I'm going to be speaking at the Entrepreneur Project Retreat um, in Arizona coming up next month. I'm really really excited about that. Um, I have a partnership that uh, the world's going to hear about next week. I can't talk about it yet, so uh, just keep a lookout for that. I'm on all the socials. Uh, I'm on uh, Instagram, Facebook, you name it. Very active on LinkedIn. Uh, but I will say that you know, ne- again, never be afraid to be unapologetically and uh, unapologetically who you are and never let the world tell you that you need to be something different or you need to change who you are. Be you, just be the best version of you. And that will put you in a place where you can do anything. You can accomplish anything that you want to. uh, And it will put you in a place where you feel really really excited about life and you feel no stress. Uh, And for fun, man, I'm just full blown dad mode. I'm off to soccer, to basketball, to football, (laughs) one, one thing to another is for fun, but, uh, definitely the listeners can find uh, our website, superheromindset.co. And again, I'm on all the socials as Corey Charles. Well, I love it. I love the superhero aspect of it. You know, the, the marketing you've done there, it's phenomenal. And, uh, Corey been very inspirational. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much, Brad. It's been a pleasure. If you give value from the show, please support us by giving a five-star rating and review on whatever platform you listen to. And I also have a favorite ask. We've had some incredible guests that come on and share their wisdom, their knowledge about their business. So if you have friends or family members that could benefit from those episodes, please share it with them, as well as any other business owners that you're networking with that could get value from the podcast or certain episodes. Please share those as well. Again, subscribe. Make sure you're following any questions that you have, topics, We've had uh, listeners reach out about certain guests that we should have on the show. Again, brad.l at aftconstruction.com. Email me for topics to address, guests that we should have on, and even if you think you'd be a great guest for the show. So again, thank you for all your support, and we'll see you next time.